Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Here we go for 2020, the Grey Wolf Hoops Podcast. It is Ned, joined by the newly engaged man himself, John Fitzgerald. John, how are you and happy um, new year? Thank you, dude. And same to yourself. It's, you, uh, it's been a big couple of weeks. Of course, we've gone through Christmas and engagements and catching up with family and yourself. It's just been it's been awesome. But uh, it's been a long time coming. I'm not sure if Ash is going to listen to this, but um, <laughs> it definitely has been a long time coming coming and uh, yeah, it's been happy times. That is happy times and I haven't seen you to know the story and how it all went down. It was Christmas oh, Eve, yeah. big romantic. Let the listeners yeah. know how John Fitzgerald put a ring on right. his lovely fiance <laughs> now, Sfinger Ash Davidson. Let us know all about okay, it. Okay, sure. And, uh, and a few tips for those listening at home maybe on how to do it. But Exactly. Uh, actually, Wait, just real quick. Yeah. Our boy Jace Herbert needs oh. to put a ring on it. He needs to get that divorce first. <laughs> but <laughs> I can help him out with one of those two things. So I actually didn't quite know exactly how I was going to do it. I had a lot of different thoughts on, you know, something big and extravagant or should we do this or in front of the family on Christmas because Ash and I have been together since we were teenagers, basically, and we've never had Christmas without two families together. It's just never never worked out that way. So I thought, oh, maybe I could do it in front of everyone and then thought, nah, I'm going to do it the night before, Christmas Eve. Best um, Yeah, I agree. It's just something a bit special at Christmas Eve, almost more special than Christmas in a way. But anyway, so I thought, well, we could exchange one present each that night. So I was sitting up and think Gracie might have came around. So as soon as you know he left and we were sort of getting organised and <laughs> waiting for him to go. <laughs> Get out, Gracie! <laughs> so it was actually quite funny because Ash was painting her nails and she was taking forever because she kept stuffing it up and stuffing it up. I'm like, just hurry up and do it so I can go to bed. <laughs> anyway, so she went off and had a shower. So I thought, oh, I was just wearing. I was even. I didn't think I was even properly dressed. So I went and put a shirt on and wait until she got out and flicked the lights off and put the Christmas tree lights on and made her close her eyes and walked her out in front of the Christmas tree and went down and I don't actually think she answered the question. She just cried for an hour. <laughs> so it was. It was really special man and uh yeah so hopefully the big day will be november 2020 so keep that free oh okay there you go so it is going down in this year yep, that's now the plan. november 2020 look out and are you i wanted to talk about this with you last podcast yeah. but I forgot all about it because you yourself could do the deal well, you could marry exactly. you and ash and i have suggested that to ashley but it got shot down pretty quickly those listening i am available for for weddings if you need a celebrant and already one on the book so uh, if anyone's looking uh, i won't be doing my <laughs> own, but if anyone else needs me, I'm not far away. That is right. We need to put that under our services tab at greatwolfpromotions.com.au, man, because you are a celebrant and you will be marrying our good friend Sam Hobbs and Sean not as well. So there you go, Johnny Fitzgerald. It's going to be pretty busy for you, man. Yeah, I know. The uh, the second half of the year or that very later half of the year is looking very busy for me, but bring it on. Yeah, man. And speaking of great things happening over the festive season, big shout out to our boy, Tim Pickett. We were all sorts of nervous when he was in here last yeah. episode. He was telling us about the baby on the way and the little fella has been born. Yep. Big congratulations to you and to Mrs. Pickett on Nate Pickett. Almost yeah. the Ned Pickett Almost. there, man. I think that's where the inspiration came from for Nate. And I reckon Tim might agree with us there, but big congratulations to uh, to Tim and Laura from the Grey Wolf family. And yeah, very exciting times ahead for the new dad. He's already, I think he's committed to golf this weekend, but we'll see how long that lasts <laughs> for. But uh, fingers crossed he's sticking with the boys. Yeah, here we go on that side of things. And I've got to say, man, yes, Mr. Pickett, can we please please sign up Nate for Grey Wolf? You know, the genes are there, man. Yeah, exactly Ten, right. 15 years time, the dude will probably be dropping threes like it ain't nobody's oh, business. And more importantly, we've got to sign him up for zombies. That's like the path the picket must take, through the zombies <laughs> to the hornet. So we'll drop the contracts and have those ready in 15 years time. <laughs>
<laughs> We've got a bit of time to work on it. Now, man, before we jump into the Hoops Talk, I want to talk a little bit of horror movies. You've popped up your top 10 horror movies of the decade. It is that kind of time. And we've been talking about it a little bit here, John. We will be looking into making more podcasts and different things throughout the year so we're not sort of jamming all this fun into just yeah. the Hoops episode. But you dropped the top 10 horror movies of the decade because it is that time. Let us know that list, man. Yeah, definitely, man. It was uh, just one of those things I was sitting around, not bored, but just sort of wanting something to do. And I get asked for recommendations. You're probably the same on horror movies all the time. So I thought, hey, why not sit down and just do a bit of a, a top 10? So I started with a list of about 30, perhaps, and I've sort of narrowed it down to uh, to what I personally like as my top 10. Um, I can quickly run through it if you like. It's, yes, sir. Uh, number 10 was Lights Out. I'm not sure if you've seen Lights Out, if you remember that one. The uh, There was an entity in the house that would only show up when the lights were out, hence the name. Yeah, <laughs> I, actually, do, I do remember that one. I thought it was a really good spin on a genre of horror movie that's been overdone with, you know, there's something taking over the house, but there was something a bit different about it, which I really enjoyed. Number nine was The Babadook, and I reckon you and I watched this yeah, together. Yeah, that one um, was the Australian yeah, one, was. wasn't it? And I've seen it a creepy. few times, brilliant. Probably could have been a little bit higher on that list, actually, now that I've looked at it, but uh, it's been a little while since I've seen it. Number eight was Don't Breathe, which I thought, like, if that movie didn't give you chills the whole way through, uh, yeah, then you're obviously good. psychotic. That movie's fantastic, and I believe there's a sequel in the works as well that's oh, uh, coming at some stage. Still don't breathe yeah. anymore. <laughs> still not breathing. Uh, number seven was The Visit, which is our M. Night Shyamalan movie. Controversially, I'm not a massive fan of his movies, but this one was just brilliant. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's very much worth a I'm watch. I'm pretty sure I've seen everyone on this list, I hope Johnny. You would have, and yeah. I haven't sat down and worked mine out yet, but it's something to definitely look into. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. So uh, number six is The Conjuring. Director James Wan, who's my favourite director of, of, of horror movies and any movies for that matter. And an Aussie. And an Aussie, exactly. So uh, coming in number six, I wasn't a massive fan of the the sort of the sequels. The third one was okay, but uh, the original one was for mine easily the best of that series. Number five, It Follows, which is a little bit of a different take on a horror movie. If you haven't seen a few of these, I recommend starting with that one because it's very uh, very much a bit of an indie feel to the movie, but it's, uh, nice. it's quite creepy. It's, it leaves you very, very unsettled. Number four is Get Out, which was Jordan Peele's, I think, movie directing debut for something other than comedy, I, I, I guess. But uh, yeah, that was that a, one was creepy. That was fantastic. I've seen that one uh, quite a few times and a bit of a surprise, really, the sort of direction it took in that movie towards the end. Number three was Hereditary. That came out only a couple of years ago. Ari Aster, and he's got another movie out, Midsummer, that I still haven't checked out, which is supposed to be really is, good. Yeah, I've heard about that one. I heard that is all sorts of good. Yeah. I actually saw Hereditary with your now fiance yes, and, and her mum. And her mum. <laughs> great times right there. She forgot meeting me, but that's okay. Moving right that. along. Moving right along. <laughs> Look, my number one and two were, were kind of hard to split, but number two, I went with Sinister, which uh, stars Ethan Hawke. And that's a very unsettling, very disturbing movie, but the sequel's not too bad uh, if you're if you sort of if you dig the first one but I really thought that was good for a bit of a scare but something a bit different where he finds those old films and yeah it's quite quite unsettling yeah well I didn't actually watch that one too long ago I actually watched it with Naughty great yeah, movie yeah. right there yeah brilliant movie and number one I couldn't split these two uh, Insidious Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 were my favourite movies or horror movies of the decade but again director James Wan he's a genius and these movies well, they sort of flow in together so I thought I can't really split them up so went number one but again that's my, my personal opinion there are a few that I would have liked 
like to fit in there. The Boy was really good. It, I didn't include in there. You might yeah. see, I, I really enjoyed It, but thought I'd go with some other options. But yeah, there was a few I had to, had to cut out. Hopefully, yeah, bring some discussion. This is the sort of content that we'll be bringing more of uh, in 2020. Into the Grey Wolf side of things, because at the end of the day, Grey Wolf Entertainment is all about movies, sports, and music. Everything. The, the three best things right there, <laughs> exactly, man, pretty man. much. And our buddy, J.S.L. Herbert, big time horror guy. I sort of tagged him in on this, asked him for his sort of takes on his top 10. He basically said, you're an idiot, Fitzy. <laughs> oh, this is how it is, moron. <laughs> Actually, he had some similar to you in at number one for him was The Conjuring. Number two, It Chapter 1. Three, Halloween. Did you like the remake yeah, of Halloween, man? Yeah, That'd yeah. be right yep. up there for me. I thought it was great. Annabelle at four. Happy Death Day. That surprised me on Herb's yeah, list right actually, there. Yep. I enjoyed it. I'm not sure it would make the top 10. Ouija at six, which was kind of cool. Yeah, don't breathe, as you discussed. Evil Dead in at eight. I don't think I've seen that no, remake. No, I haven't seen that remake. It was, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Need to do it. Nine was Fear Clinic, and then 10, yep. It Follows. Not yeah. sure about Fear Clinic either, but there you go. Yeah, good man. And look, the idea with some of these lists as well is to bring a bit of discussion to the table. And hey, check out a few movies that you might not have seen before. There's a few on that list that we will. But uh, yeah, happy Death Day, Herbs. That was a bit out of the ordinary for the big man. It's not, I guess it's a little bit of a slasher film, but... Uh, yeah, it's a little slasher. A chick, flick, chick flick slasher. He does have his feminine side, though, Herbs, <laughs> as we do know, man. But switching things up to something that we all love, even the Herbs, uh, Chris Golden lookalike, let's get on to hoops, man, and talk some basketball. The NBL, it is getting very, very hard to predict, my man, friends. I'll tell you what, it's uh, a massive round of basketball just just wound up, and there's a few big ones to come now, but we've got to start with the uh, the fantasy, of course. Oh, I, yeah, uh, I want to know about this, and I want to know where yeah, I'm sitting, because Bryce yeah. Cotton has been getting some very, very big numbers, so I think I should massive. be looking okay, hopefully. I, I think you've jumped me, actually, and I didn't, trade, I didn't trade Noy out in time, so I've sort of been stuck with some low scores, but... You had other things on your mind, man. Well, to be fair, married. I did, yeah, yeah. Still, you know, the top three teams are guys that we don't know, so they're going to be excited about their prize pack if it yeah, does come the, down to that. the meet and greet and the T-shirt. That's it. The Furious Flamingos have jumped me, so oh. you're now fifth and I'm sixth. Same Damn. record, but you got uh, your team's obviously got a better percentage, so it's... Uh, look at that so what's, it, what's the record there that we're on? Eight and three. Oh, I haven't so dropped one since those there three losses. There you go, Flamingos. Marley, Tepper, look out. We're going okay. And I've got to give a quick shout-out to Tim Pickett, who did finally pick his team, and he's won a game. So he's Hell now yeah, pick. one and ten. So <laughs> <laughs> good luck for the rest of the year. But, uh, you know, never say never. Never say never, man. Him and little Nate have got a little bit of a hobby there to do. They can pick their team together and, and get amongst it. They're I starting it. from behind, but who knows what could happen. You know, there's only one way to go from here, and that's up. So good luck. Yes, indeed. So, man, is there anything else we need to talk about on the fantasy side of things? Probably not at this rate. I think uh, we'll go through the preview for the round coming up, but it looks like Brisbane are playing twice and Illawarra is playing twice in the next round. So That's all good, man. All right, well, what do we got? We're going to preview round 13 or wrap up round 13, man, and it kicked off with the big Boxing Day open-air game. Melbourne United, man, they have been a little bit lacklustre and Cairns Taipans continue to be the giant killer. They got this one done 77 to 75, but this was on the back end of a big-time Melbourne United comeback. Not sure mm. if you saw this, man, but Cairns were up by a lot in this game and looked superior by all all 
takes on things. Yeah, and uh, almost the form team of the competition. Cairns right now, and we've obviously jumped on their bandwagon, but going, they only got the win by two points, man. So I tell you what, Melbourne United, they're going to want to, you know, pick it up a little bit. They're sort of a bit hard to predict at the moment, like we said earlier. It's not an easy one to, to pick any winners at this stage. They definitely are, man. Very hard to, to pick, and that's what people are saying. It used to be the top three locked in. Now they're only saying it's the top two locked in. And having yeah. said that, we'll get to it a little bit later on, but both Perth and Sydney have dropped games. Talking about form teams and surprise packets and whatnot, we have totally ridden off the New Zealand breakers, but they have I won know. four games straight. Look the hell out. Hobson is back 99 to 96 over the Brisbane Bullets. Thoughts, comments? Oh, the breakers. Maybe, maybe, look, maybe it was our putting down of the New Zealand breakers that have <laughs> got them out of that, right? But yeah, Scotty Hobson shooting 27 points, man. I mean, it's a it's ever an easy trip being on the road coming across to the mainland for the breakers. But yeah, four in a row, dude. I mean, again, nothing's set at this point. There's still a chance they could hit that top four. And what a story that, that would be after the season they've had. Yeah, it has been a roller coaster of a season, really, man. And I tell you what, this is where things get interesting, too. The Sydney Kings have dropped a few games now, and they went down to the Perth Wildcats. But I do believe the Wildcats, were. this was on the back end of that Bryce Cotton 38-point yeah, game. Yeah, yep. I mean, there's not much more to say about it than that, is there? I think, what do you have, 39, and that's just a massive wow. effort. It's uh, Talk about putting the team on your back and getting the win. But, yeah, the Sydney Kings, I'll tell you what, something's there's maybe something's not quite right there. I mean, look, they're in such amazing form at the moment. It is hard to keep that going for a whole season. We'll talk about their next game shortly. But, you know, Perth are out there to show that they're a top two team, maybe a top side at this point. And, uh, you know, I expect big things from them from now on. Yeah, I think the way things are going, Perth may get the Kings at the end of the day. We're going to have to sort of take a look at the games coming up, I guess, man. But we'll get to that shortly. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix got back on the winner's board against the Illawarra Hawks. Illawarra tried hard in this one, but it was the Phoenix too strong in a 10-point victory, 112 to 102. That one was on Saturday, December 28. So good to see Phoenix getting back on a win. And Illawarra, unfortunately, continued on in their not-so-fancy ways. Yeah, I mean, look, still good signs for Illawarra, and we'll get to their big game shortly. But, um, you know, the Phoenix... Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that they can push up into that fourth spot, even though we're on the Cairns bandwagon, of course. But it'd be great to see them in their first season make the finals for mine. And to see Creek up there in MVP contention, like, couldn't ask for a better start. Yeah, definitely, man. And maybe they will. Maybe Cairns will jump a spot and, you know, Melbourne United might drop out of the yeah. top four. Who knows what will happen there. But on to the Sunday games. Johnny, New Zealand break, as we talked about it. They are coming from, well, really nowhere yeah. as they got it done 96-87 to 87 over the Adelaide 36s. I think that was the, for their fourth win in a row. Yep. And we'll check the standings very shortly. But the breakers, I think they're right back in this competition. Well, yeah, I mean, basically, to look, to be honest, between third and second last there's only two games between them so look anything can really happen at this point and Adelaide were probably that team that we might have thought well they're you know they're looking to secure a fourth spot now all of a sudden they're dropping down their fifth but you know they lose a few in a row especially losing games at home man like you really can't be uh, dropping games at home when it's so tight in the middle of the ladder you know New Zealand I mean again they're using that motivation from the Grey Wolf team to to, <laughs> to stick it to a few of these sides but I mean good on them like it's uh, you know it's good to see it is man and just looking back at these games 
games. And I'm pretty sure we didn't put our predictions in for this round because it was, you know, yeah. we were in, Christmas in, in, the, in the Christmas <laughs> break or whatever. But I'm pretty sure I would have been zero out of all of these. I would have got Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix, Ovilawara. That is it yep. up until this point in time. And Melbourne United, again, I would have tipped these guys at home to get it done against a very inconsistent Brisbane Bullets. But Brisbane hold on for the victory there. And they looked pretty good in a six-point win over United. Yeah, and it, look, it's always satisfying to come down to Melbourne and beat United at home. I mean, after dropping that game to New Zealand, coming out, I mean, Patterson had 35, my boy Sobi had 24, like that's, I mean, unfortunately for the, I mean, Kadi had 21, but unfortunately for Brisbane, it's like if those two guys don't fire, they really seem to struggle, but I mean, again, they're another team that's in contention, man. I mean, they're second last, but they're only two games off fourth spot, so I don't know, like we were on the Brisbane bandwagon earlier on, and I do love Nate Sobey, but... Uh, it might be time to jump back on It might be time to jump back on again. I'm sort of, I got one foot on the Brisbane bandwagon and one on the Cairns one, so <laughs> sort of working that one out a little bit. I, I really seem to find myself getting on those Taipans, man. They're a fun team to watch, but I tell you what, we'll get to them shortly. This one, probably the surprise packet of the round. Well, definitely the Illawarra Hawks getting a five-point victory over the Sydney Kings. That is literally last taking first yeah. and getting it done. The Hawks, they've got Lamelo Ball coming back into their side with all rumours going around is that he'll be in the next game, which is against Adelaide. So, you I mean, know, who knows? Who knows, man? I mean, just looking at the box score for the Hawks, I mean, Boone shot 21, but they really spread that ball around. And how good is that to see? And I'm a bit concerned because if we had have done a podcast last week, I probably would have put that same bet on the line about running around the Main Street <laughs> nude and <laughs> would have, probably would have had to have done it. But, I mean, that's just fantastic. Again, I think the Kings are going to learn a lot from these couple of games. But, I mean, man, the Hawks, who would have picked that? I don't think anyone would have. And I talk about Christmas miracles right there. Oh, it was yeah. a miracle that we didn't do that <laughs> podcast because you would have been bearing all. People wouldn't be talking about how John Fitzgerald proposed to Ashley Davidson. Yeah. They'd be talking about how Ashley Davidson accepted a ring from the man that ran naked down Firebrae Street. What is wrong with that girl? Oh, man, it would not. No, yeah, we'd have to do the podcast from the lockup then. <laughs> I tell you what, though, man. I'm sure the Sydney Kings will get back and firing and on, on all cylinders once again. Lish still out. Oh, Liz- Lazada. Yeah, DD's uh, he hasn't been playing like that. I, mean, I wouldn't be worried whatsoever if I was part of the Kings Can you just check the box score there, though? Because Shawnee Bruce had another fantastic game. He was hitting three-pointers from everywhere, man, and he's really, really looking the goods. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving watching Sean and seeing a few articles around that he's exceeding expectations. He's done this, he's done that. Even Tim said the other week that you know he could easily be six-man, he could easily be most improved. The sky's the limit for Sean. We couldn't be more proud of him. But uh, just checking the box score here, he had 14 points. Damn, four assists in 17 minutes, 18 minutes of court time. It's How good's that? To see a young guy They're make the most numbers. of his opportunity, those are fantastic numbers. That's awesome. Yeah, so keep going, Sean Bruce. Grey Wolf's own, according to Pick. Pick said he yeah. did claim it, yeah. so there you go, man. And then the New Year's Eve game, this was a really fun one to watch. The Cairns Taipans and Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Both teams that I really rate. Cairns, though, they got it done. And Cam Oliver, Scott Machado, oh. those two are a dynamic duo right there and all sorts of fun to watch, Johnny. I love it, man. Scott Machado, I mean, still, if they make the finals, I'm going to back him for MVP. I just love him. I absolutely love him. 29 points, 8 assists as well. Just watching him and Cam Oliver go to work. Like, And again, we spoke about earlier on, with a young core of players, they will find a, t- a time in that season where they'll start to fire. And I mean, man, how good are they at the moment? Man, they are playing very good. They're like my favourite team to watch at the moment, actually, the Taipans, because they just play so well together. Yeah. They're such an exciting team to watch. And Machado, like you said, I think that's exactly what Homicide Williams said. If they make the playoffs, he is MVP yep. of 
of the league. So that's a big call yeah, right there, man. It might be man. worth putting him into your fantasy team, too. I think too. if you don't have him, he's worth adding in there. I don't know how much he costs him. He might be up there. But, I mean, how good is it for Cairns? Like, no, he's still out. Jawai's coming off the bench as well. Like, one of their marquee players is now taking a, a six-man role. It's just fantastic. It is, man. And I've just got a smile on my face when you bring up Jawai because yeah. I'm not sure if you saw this a little while back. Jawai, I don't even remember who they were playing. I wanted to bring this up on the podcast. And now, for some reason, it's the first time I've thought about it. But he was crook in one of the games. Do you remember yeah. when the commentators were talking about this? I think so, yeah. Who was that against? Do you remember? I don't remember who it was against, but he didn't start. And then he's wandered onto yeah. the bench like in the first <laughs> quarter. And they've crossed the camp to guard the you know, courtside yep. announcer yep. there. And they're like, what's wrong with him? And they're like, well... <laughs> fantastic. They're like, and you know how enthusiastic yeah. Trigar is. He's like, yep. well, he's been vomiting and he's got really bad <laughs> diarrhea. And just such a, a visual yeah. description of you you're thinking, there's uh, Big Nate on the toilet. He's, he's got the runs. And then, yeah. then he got out there and Anna and I are talking about it going, man, every time he touches that ball, yeah, he's, I know. he's, he's just... most likely got gastro. He's just passing those germs oh, around, man. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful sight. Nate Joy sitting on that stall just destroying it. <laughs> I forget who it was against. Oh. But, man, it was so funny. He was just so very... He really gave the full description yeah. of what was going on with yeah. Big Nate there, man. It sounds like it. And uh, let's hope that that doesn't get, work its way through the uh, Taipans organisation at this stage <laughs> of the season. I don't think it has, man, because this was a little while ago. Uh. But on to the last game of the round. And what a fantastic round it was. I just heard commentary teams saying it was the most attended in NBL history. Wow. So Hoopston Australia is just going from great to even greater. The Adelaide 36 as we were just talking about them. Megaly inconsistent. They also topped one of the top dogs 100-97 to at home getting it done against the Perth Wildcats which I'm not too concerned about because Bryce Cotton still had great numbers. Well, that's right. you got to weigh up your fantasy team versus the team you're picking, don't you? So, against uh, a team you wanted to win. <laughs> yeah, of course. But your boy Griffin, dude, like he's just playing amazing for the 36ers nowadays. I'd be very happy picking him up. Ramon Moore's starting to get some numbers too. Is he still in your team or he, I actually traded him out possibly for Chris Golding. I'm not oh, sure yeah, what happened, but Ramon's been very quiet up until this game, man. And he did, he looked to be sort of bouncing back and had a pivotal steal and fast break yeah. points there that, yep. that really led the sort of run for the Adelaide 36ers, which was great to see because I've got a major soft spot for Ramon. Yeah, same man. And we seem to have a, a little bit of a connection to the old uh, 36ers there. And again, they're such a hard team to pick, but the next two or three weeks is really going to start shaping the season up. And we'll take a look at the round coming up now, but it's a very good time in NBL. Like you said, high attendance numbers. you got teams at the bottom being teams at the top. Like, how good is this? Really? Yeah, it's a, I'm really looking forward to doing a full season preview at the end of this, man, because we'll go back, we'll listen to what we talked about with Cam Luke. Remember our expectations for Cairns yeah. fans was to maybe, you know, maybe double their wins from last year? Yeah. They've already done that, man. How good is they it? They are exceeding all expectations, and they'll kick things off tomorrow night. The Cairns Taipans and the Brisbane Bullets, the form team of the competition, Cairns, and Brisbane coming off a big win. This is going to be a fun one. It's in Cairns, and they are very hard to beat there. Yeah, I'll tell you what. What are you thinking? Mate, that crowd is going to be up and about. Friday night in Cairns, there's probably not much more to do in Cairns on a Friday night other than go to the pub. So they're going to have thought be so. the game. I'm, this is going to be the battle of the backcourts. Sobe, Patterson, Machado. Like, this is going to be a fantastic game. But I think t- I think the Taipans will get it done at home and just keep that train moving. Like, let's go. Very much agree with you right there. I think Cairns will definitely get it done. Hopefully the Bullets 
play well. I don't have anyone in my fantasy team, so I'll be just... <laughs> just you know, about it. <laughs> it's all about the Cairns Taipans on Friday night. And just before we get on to the next game, isn't it great? We had a game last night. Yep. On to the next round. Tomorrow. Tomorrow night. That's how we like to roll, man. <laughs> the Win Entertainment Centre will see the Illawarra Hawks coming off a win, taking on Melbourne United, coming off two losses. United really need to bounce back here. I'm thinking yeah. they will, but Illawarra, well, who I mean, knows, man? man? This game just became way more interesting in the last 24 hours after the Hawks had that win against Sydney. I mean, Melbourne have got to come up with some answers, but I'm going to pick the Hawks. You're going to pick go, the I'm Hawks? Going Hawks, yeah, yeah. I can just see, like, you know, they've got nothing to lose at this point. Why not ruin the playoff chances of another team? <laughs> just yeah. go out there and, you know, keep that momentum rolling. Again, they won that game against Sydney with that even contribution from everyone. Like, why can't they do it now? If Lamelo comes back, whether it's this game or, or later in the later in the round, I mean... Word we'll has it it's later in the round, Johnny. I think the thing here is, can Josh Boone drop another 21 points? That was probably the best yeah. game he's played all year, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And it's in a... quite some time. So he needs to back that up. And I don't know, the sky's the limit. I still think I think United are going to yeah. bounce back yeah. in this one. We'll see, though. It is in Illawarra. I think so. And like you said, that's probably what it's going to come down to. Boone versus Sean Long, who's going to win the inside battle. So, like I said, this game's got a lot more interesting since uh, the Hawks knocked off the Cairns. I'm, I'm going to stick with them just so we've got something to be different with. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it sometimes, man. I like it. And this one should be a good one, too. Because, like we've just spoken about, the Sydney Kings, they were just beaten by the Illawarra Hawks. They will be backing things up against the Adelaide 36ers, who have just beaten the Perth Wildcats. Yeah. So these 36ers are looking very good. It's in Sydney. Can Brucey and the boys bounce back against the 36ers? I think they will. It's some disappointing losses. They wouldn't be happy with that. So I think, you know, going back home against the 36ers, who, again, as we say, are a very inconsistent team, I think they'll get the job done. They just have to. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, man. Fingers crossed the Kings can get it done. On to Sunday's game, man. This will be at the State Basketball Centre, the old home of the yeah. Tigers it is, yeah, isn't it? it is there? So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's where the South East Melbourne Phoenix will be facing the New Zealand Breakers. Breakers coming off four straight wins. Can they make it five or will the oh. Phoenix bounce back? They're getting so hard to tip. I, I really can't pick this one. Again, we've written the, the Breakers off already and they've just come back and said, we'll stuff you guys. But <laughs> I mean, and then the Phoenix are very up and down. I'm going to stick with the Breakers, dude. I'm going with the teams that have got the momentum at the moment. Especially this time of year, that plays a big factor into it. I reckon the Breakers are going to go five in a row. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say here, man. I'll jump on the Phoenix just for the sake of being different yep. and because of our boy John Robertson. But I agree. I think the Breakers might win this one. They're looking damn good for straight. Yeah. Phoenix aren't looking bad in their losses, though. That's one thing. They're true, not getting true. blown out by any means. Game two for Sunday is the Brisbane Bullets and the Perth Wildcats. This one in Brisbane, I expect Perth to bounce back. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think Perth should bounce back, especially with Brisbane playing the uh, they've got the Friday night game, then they've got the quick turnaround to the Sunday game. I think Perth should be able to get the job done, but I mean, who knows in this round and this sort of few weeks of mixed up results, but uh, I would expect Perth to get the job done. But I'll tell you what, what's uh, Sportsbet paying for Brisbane to win that game there? It's actually not coming up, which is upsetting. They might not have done it yet, but I reckon I wouldn't mind chucking a sneaky 10 on Brisbane just to, you know, the home ground advantage. You just never know if they can build some momentum earlier in the round if they can get over cans. I mean, they could go two and two. Who knows? It really depends what bullet side shows up, I guess, man. And then the last game, Monday night, Hoofs returns. The Adelaide Entertainment Centre, the Adelaide 36ers and Illawarra Hawks. This is where Lamello's meant to yep. be back, which is great to see. Who's got it, man? Illawarra or Adelaide? Another tough game to pick. If Adelaide lose early in the round to Sydney and Illawarra beat Melbourne, I'm going to stick to the in the Illawarra Hawks bandwagon again. Like, 
Like it's wow. Momentum's a big thing in basketball. Momentum's a massive thing. I just why not at this stage? Anyone, anyone can a- beat anyone. Anyone can do it. I'm going to say the 36ers, man, because they just look so good at home in that Adelaide crowd. They do. Is, is pretty amazing. Actually, just real quick, when I was in Adelaide at the end of last year, I had a 36ers guy because I was wearing a United top that yeah. that my mother-in-law had given me. Big shout outs to Bocci, and he's like, "United fan, are we?" <laughs> I don't know why he sounded like herbs. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, not not really, but yeah." He goes, "Good, the 36ers," and he's getting into my grill about it. I'm like, "Look, buddy, I like the 36ers. You know, like Griffin, he's my yeah. boy." And he was just upset because I was from Victoria, <laughs> oh, apparently. But yeah, the Adelaide 36ers, man, I think they're going to get it done. They look very good at home. Fingers crossed, Illawarra can make a game at it and bring what they brought against it, Sydney, man. That's it, and it's sort of like you said, what Brisbane outfit comes out, it'll be what Illawarra outfit comes out. I mean, if they keep playing the way they're playing, I mean, not that they're going to make the finals, you wouldn't think, but damn, they can definitely ruin some chances for some other teams. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that make them feel good to be able to knock out some of those big-name teams right there, Johnny? Well, let's go through the 2019, now into 2020 ladder. The Sydney Kings hold on to that top spot just over the Perth Wildcats. In at third is Melbourne United. They're just hanging on by a feather there, too, man. Cairns Saipans make out the top four. Melbourne and Cairns, both 10 and 9. Adelaide 36 is in at 5, 9 and 10. In at 6 is the South East Melbourne Phoenix. And then at New Zealand Breakers, they're all of a sudden in at basically equal 6 like you were talking about. Yep. Brisbane Bullets, all those teams, 8 and 10. South East Melbourne Phoenix, New Zealand Breakers and Brisbane Bullets. And then rounding things out is the Illawarra Hawks, 5 and 13. They'll be 7 and 13 if you're predicting yeah, yeah. right by the end of this, Johnny. And they always are, of course. But uh, <laughs> like you said, you made a great point earlier on. We've been talking about this top 3 being locked in. I'm going to say it's only the top two locked in at this point and I mean you know Perth and Sydney are both what three wins ahead of the next couple of teams but I mean anything can happen from this point Brisbane is second last eight and ten could still make third spot yeah very much like, so it's, it's unbelievable it is unbelievable and that's that's a call and I'll stick with that too man Melbourne United were looking very very good only a few weeks ago so if they get back into that form yeah who, who knows? knows but at the moment definitely Perth and Sydney the only two that are guaranteed how things change in the NBL my oh, friends man I tell you what I reckon it was, wasn't even that long ago where Brisbane was sitting in that fourth spot and I was all getting uh, worked up about Sobey and Patterson and now they're sec- second last and they're, you know, who knows what could happen. But, but again, like you said, two, games two wins out. and they're straight into it again. So, uh, and this is why we love NBL and this is why this season has just been awesome. Yeah, it most definitely has, man. Well, that will wrap things up for the NBL side of things. Let's talk a little bit of Grey Wolf and those T-shirts. We've been teasing them for a while, yes, but we have. <laughs> we have finally, we've got it all worked out. The Grey Wolf Hoops t-shirts are ready to go. We are running a pre-order. Get your pre-orders in by January the 15th. And these bad boys will be shipped out January 30. That's it. Exactly. So you can get all the uh, information, put your order in straight via the website. So greywolfpromotions.com.au slash shop. We'll have the links everywhere on our socials. But yeah, get your orders in by the 15th and uh, we'll get your t-shirts to you by the end of the month. So get everyone looking fresh. That's it. They are made to order these Grey Wolf ones. They look very, very cool. And be on the lookout for a whole bunch of whole new merch and whatnot. TPZ was talking about the polo oh, the shirt. Shirts. The golf shirts. I, I like the idea of that. We, we're talking snapbacks, the works. 2020 is going to be a big year for us. We are just getting started. Oh, big time, man. And we got to thank 
everyone who has jumped on and listened to the podcast and liked our posts and shared and different things and like the support so far in you know what six months or five months has just been amazing so we appreciate everyone who's made the effort and yeah look look out because there's some big things on the way in 2020 but we do again appreciate everyone who's supported us so far and get a t-shirt order in spread the word and uh and keep an eye on the gray wolf yeah invite your buddies to like that page because we are gonna blow things up in 2020 johnny well if not we're gonna die trying <laughs> let's do it well maybe not die <laughs> but we're gonna try <laughs> oh i've got to be alive for november then i can die after oh yeah you got the engagement <laughs> I, we're not gonna die we're, we're, we're working <laughs> towards fitzy's engagement damn it we'll get to there and then we'll reassess 